and death for me it's always such a stark reminder of how much the world keeps spinning your world has stopped or it feels like your world has stopped but somebody have to get paid somebody there's a bank looking for the teller to do a transaction somebody's at supermarket looking to cash out some food because their world keeps going everybody else is the world keeps spinning welcome to the what next podcast hosted by sean reed where we pay it forward through conversations each week we will bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey to discover what's next for you Malaika, how is your mental health today? That's such an interesting question. Thank you for asking. Earlier today, my mental health was a little challenged. But right now, it feels great. What do you do to manage your mental health? One of the things I think is really important is awareness. So I'm aware when I'm feeling annoyed, like becoming aware when I'm feeling irritated or you know, things just not going the way that I want it to go. And I just have to, one, I try and pause, take a deep breath. Say, all right, Malika, the only way through is through. So that immediately tries to get rid of any annoyance I have about it. And it helps me to reframe it as, what do I need to do to get through this next piece? This small challenge that I'm having right now, what's the next thing that I need to do? Sometimes the next thing that I need to do is, take a nap (laughs) full disclosure sometimes i have a nap for lunch (laughs) because (laughs) you know you've just had some challenging meetings and you just need to to break that up a little bit so sometimes for lunch i take like a 15 20 minute nap yeah i think that's actually pretty important because if you think about it a lot of people are angry a lot of people are upset and they don't know that they need to take time for themselves. I think it's also anger and upset about things that you cannot control, which sometimes might be like a waste of time. Yeah. Right? It's uh, I, f- I like to think of myself as solution oriented. I'm not gonna say that there are not times when I like to wallow in in things that are bothering me, but. I find that, especially in these last few weeks, with so many things I have going on, I don't have the time to wallow. So I have to kind of get myself solution-oriented and focused. And sometimes, truthfully, I take a break and I do a puzzle. I do a, I do, I have a, like a physical, a physical jigsaw puzzle yeah. that I'm working on. Or I take a break and I, I read a book or I listen to something else or I listen to some music. Sometimes when I'm really... You know, I just bust out a YouTube and <laughs> sing out loud. And so and it, it makes you feel better. It sounds very cliche, but those things work for me. It's, I, I mean, it, it's cliche for a reason. It's cliche for a reason. The, the other day I heard somebody say that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to cry. But just remember, you have to get up and keep on moving. Straight. You can't sit around wallow, wallow, wallow for too long because time is going to keep on moving anyway. And nobody cares. <laughs> the sad, reality scary, is... but true. It's, it is, and death for me has, it's always such a stark reminder of how much the world keeps spinning. Your world has stopped, or it feels like your world has stopped, but somebody have to get paid. Somebody, there's a bank looking for the teller to do a transaction. Somebody's at supermarket looking to cash out some food because their world keeps going. Everybody else is, the world keeps spinning. Yeah. And I think where, to me, where, where you see it the most is when you're at work, you're in a meeting and somebody says, oh no, somebody in this particular team passed away. Yes. And the reality is, is that you're in a meeting. You can't spend the next one hour <laughs> being crying and sad because something is due tomorrow. And so everyone's like, oh no, I can't believe... Okay, so that report that's due tomorrow. Yeah, How is it's, that going? And it's not it's like it's like a this awkward pause as the person is just like, All right, well, um, on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, one of the things for me a few weeks ago is it's a very good friend of mine's um mother 
was diagnosed with, with cancer. Okay. And it's like, it, it stopped me in my tracks. But, you know, I was still, my boss was still calling me about something else. And, oh, you know, you need this, this report. And and I was just like, wow, the world truly keeps spinning Correct. without Correct. you. Correct. And so that's always a stark reminder to me that, all right, so yeah, I can, I know that I can wallow and I can be sad, but I also know, say, I have to get to what's the next step that I need to take. Yeah. And that next step can be, I need to stop for a longer period of time, but I just need to identify what my next step is. Yeah. And for me, the persons who I have met who have been critically ill or terminally ill, they always seem to have a much better disposition than people who are healthy. Yeah. They, they're not sitting down there being sad. They're not sitting down and saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I'm going to be sad. It's, it's like they see the value in every second, every minute. They yeah. don't have time to be sad. You know, I think for me, that that reality came for me without having to be sick. Thank God. But it came through the death of two very good friends of mine. And so the first one, Sheena, mm -hmm. that one hit me harder than I expected because it was kind of like the first time for me. And it kickstarted a lot of things for me. Like Sheena was the reason her passing was the reason I moved out. It kickstarted a lot of these things for me, like I said. So I moved out. And I started to travel a lot more after that. And it was, it's always, I, I know I said it already, but it's always such a stark reminder of how little the small things, like don't major in the minor because the yeah. small things don't matter. And so when I think about, you know, when I hear people bickering and arguing about things, and I'm like, yo, you're majoring in the minor like that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things there are so many more things for you to be aware of and to pay attention to than this small insignificant thing okay somebody says something that hurts your feeling all right well did they mean it like you just say oh big man like we we'll feel away yeah. and you start to you know move forward because when you sit down and you wallow and you one thing i cannot take is continuous discussion about the same thing yeah. over and over and over the complaining but yeah i can't i cannot stomach that yeah when life feels so short and so precious that there's so much to do it you can't sit on here and complain find a solution correct and i that's something i think about with myself and i feel bad sometimes because somebody's going through something that is serious to them but in the big picture it's probably a today issue or a this minute issue or not even an issue yeah but they have made it really important to them that i cannot believe that somebody painted the room this color what am i going to do and a part of me wants to console the person there's <laughs> a larger part of me that's like this cannot be your problem like there are people in the world who are dying you have you have the ability to paint this room. If it's white versus off-white, it's not that serious. So, it, and and this is what I sometimes find myself impatient with persons Correct. like that. Correct. And so I have to check myself a little bit. So I still get, I still, so what I would say to that person is, well, if you don't like it, the worst thing is you just get another tin of paint and paint it over. So I don't even... I try not to even let them wallow in, mm -hmm. in the complaining about that. And so sometimes I get to that solution too fast. Be like, yo, it's a big deal. Just paint so if you want it. Too fast and for them. For too the, fast they for are, them because journey. they, you know, they want to, to continue venting. And so sometimes I do let people vent. Mm -hmm. It depends on what it is. And then at, at the end of it, you know, I, I use a softer voice to say, well, you know, <laughs> here's a, here are some options. Like if you don't like it, like, you could it's, there's an option so i get i get to that point yeah it's, but sometimes you have to let them vent 
yeah it 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 just speaks to the importance of empathy and the ability to speak to people have you ever done the strength finders i have no idea what it is okay so there is a survey by gallup called strength finder and it's i forget how many questions it have or whatever anyway at the end of it 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 tells you what your top five strengths are so my top five or my top two always are empathy and harmony really i've done the strength finder three times mm-hmm. and every time i do it the order changes but those two continuously in my top five i am quick to do that that's very cool yeah so one of the things that i I previously told you I like about your journey is the fact that you have you had you are afforded the ability to work for two companies that were being established in Jamaica and to help them build and grow. And therefore you had the ability to understand the overall system of how a company works. Registering a company, hiring people, everything, right? Yeah. They've always respected the functional aspect of what you got to achieve. But it wasn't until the last maybe three to four years that yeah. I recognized that you were able to grow another area, which is the human aspect, because you had to hire people. You had you were responsible for hiring these people, putting them in a brand new company in Jamaica, and fostering their growth. Mm-hmm. And so what was it like? A, how did you get to work for those companies first? And what was that journey like? All right. So... How I found that very first job was a newspaper. So I had just finished university. As in, I had just finished my master's. Mm-hmm. I was working with my father. And I knew that wasn't going to last very long. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw this job in the paper. And I didn't know what it was. And I was like, I don't really know what it is. It sounded like something I couldn't do. I'm going to apply. So I applied and uh, I got a call for an interview. When I did the interview, the interview was a, it was a test. So they gave me like a scenario and I had to answer based on the scenario, which having just kind of burst onto the job market mm-hmm. properly, I had never experienced that before. I had always done the, so tell us about yourself. Why do you want to work here? Why do you think you're a good fit? Yada, yada, yada. The typical, the typical, the typical Jamaican HR question. Yeah. And so when I got this scenario question, I think it had, it asked me something about a man who needed to do something. And I had to answer based on that. And when I got the call back, they said that of all the candidates that they had interviewed, I answered that question the best. Like the, the things that I thought about, even though this was not my background, the things that I thought about, they were like, whoa. And so that's how I got that job. And of course, uh, I'm a I'm a people person, naturally. So, you know, I, I tend to bond with people pretty quickly. People, I, I, empathy and harmony. Yeah. So my empathy is all the way up. And so as, t- as time progressed and it, a lot of trust was placed in me and a lot of, a lot of pe- like people poured into me to be like, hey, this, this girl has some potential. Let's, you know, I'm going to give her things and test her with things and, you know, have conversations and just the bond that I had with that particular person opened my eyes to a lot of things and we had some conversations about how things really work that I hadn't I had nobody had ever taken that time before I mean I was still very fresh on the job market you know I thought I was going to be like checking in in some financial institution somewhere just kicking it for however long do you think that having someone mental guide pouring to you makes or made a huge difference so I don't want to sound arrogant, right? So a lot of it was me and my natural, (laughs) my natural, it's my natural personality, right? So I'm a go-getter. I'm a take charge kind of girl. If somebody needs something done, 
I usually try and figure it out, even if I don't know. And they had not been used to, to their, their experience with persons locally had not been that. They were expe- their experience was people waiting to be told what needed to be done. So I want versus, to speak to that. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely see where, not everybody obviously, yeah. but us as Jamaicans, we tend to be, especially in the workplace, we yeah. tend to be, we tend to hold back more. Yeah. We tend not to say our opinion, speak up, etc. We look to a manager or management to make decisions and tell people what to do. And it's like, unless someone tells us to do something, we fall back. We have a deference to authority. Yeah. Whether it is real or perceived, there's a deference to, to those authority figures because and you know this might be legacy a a a, a whole over from or or, or slavery, slavery days past, yeah. yes or slavery past but we have that deference to them now i had a natural curiosity for things and not so much a a diff- i have a healthy respect i don't have a deference okay fair enough yeah, yeah, yeah. so i I can respectfully disagree with that point and still do what needs to be done. And I think, you know, asking the relevant questions and having some of those conversations, I was always willing to have some conversations and I was always willing to kind of share context and also say, okay, if you want this to work in Jamaica, here's some thoughts on that. The, that's not, that's not a common, that's not common at all. Yeah. And you would think that the generations coming up behind us would be a little bit more audacious and a little bit more bold. I don't find that. Yeah, because ultimately it starts in the school system and our school system doesn't teach like that. Yeah. Our school system teaches people to, as you said, defer to authority and and, and fall back. And I think that for us to truly change the trajectory of how our future leaders think we need to get them engaged and involved from as young as possible the exact same way that to have the best swimmer or the best football player they're training from their two years old we have to teach entrepreneurship and leadership as young as possible i agree so i think there's a there are some persons that have a natural proclivity to those things and then you're right there are others who almost need to be given permission to to get there yeah. uh, and to understand that they can ask a question and that comes down to socialization as well yeah. right because i can tell you that the very first set of people that i interacted with in that local company versus you know we had very different backgrounds my father was the type of person that was like listen don't let anybody tell you anything. You need to think for yourself. You need to, da, da, da. you know, he kind of built that and instilled that in us. Both my parents did actually. And so I, d- I didn't just take everything somebody said at face value just because it's somebody in authority. I would, I'd be like, oh, so X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I'd kind of question it and, and that sort of thing. And I think that, I think that was something that they had not really experienced a lot of. And I think that it's, it's, it's almost like a, a, a mismatch of right place, right time, mm-hmm. things coming together, you know, just a natural, just whole right time, right place. Yeah. Um, and so that led to, you know, the establishment and the building of a relationship and a foundation of, of that trust. And then really early I started to be given certain opportunities because they trusted me. So, you know, whereas the local team at the time and, you know, full disclosure, the team was meant to be just offshore, like affordable labor outside of North America. This is process outsourcing. Sure. That's the name for it now. <laughs> and when they encountered me and, you know, I was different than person that they had experienced before they started to give me clients i started to have my own clients out of north america that were like or persons here did not have clients you know they were just doing the work like at the time we started with a lot of 
building HTML pages mm-hmm. and converting like PDFs to HTML and that sort of thing based on the government, the, the, the work that we were doing for that company. And uh, so really early, they started to take me to Canada. I spent the summer in Canada. I spent like spending months and, you know, just a lot of new experiences and it and those things just continue to add and build onto my experiences and it allowed me to to speak and and work from a place of having these different experiences yeah. your confidence automatically builds once your experience grows correct yeah correct and so having this experience was it easy or scarier to move into another quote-unquote small Jamaica company like this or was it natural it was natural it actually did not feel it did not feel like oh my gosh it it felt very very natural and what I liked about it you see the thing is that by this time having spent like six years there by this time I was all for new experiences so when I st- when I started with the second company, they were like, "Hey, we need you to start, and you gotta be started in Trinidad." I'm like, "Yo, when yeah. my ticket there, yeah. ready, right?" Because I had I had become so accustomed to experiences and understanding that hey, there are people out here having some of these experiences that I, having not been at that company before, and I didn't know anybody at all who was having similar experiences like to me this was like whoa exposure exposure once you know that something is possible it increases the likelihood that you will do it yeah i've definitely noticed that people naturally run in packs if you believe that the ceiling is five dollars a day that's what you're going to do if you leave it's 10 you just try for that and the more you're exposed to things is the more you try to do i agree the thing I agree to a point mm. because it really is your exposure. Right. So, for example, when I was growing up, I didn't have, I had a good life. Mm. I've had a great life, actually. So I did not have financial concerns mm. that some other persons right. would have. And so, and for, for, and for that reason as well, money has never been my biggest motivator mm-hmm. like money is not a motivator for me so even when i was working at these places and in the beginning you know i was making like a chompers yeah. but like i was working with persons like i was working on 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 projects for like a footlocker mm-hmm. and you know museums and uh, like sports company like all of these things that I would never have had experience with locally yeah. at all because nobody locally was doing anything like that at the time, yeah. at least not widely known or anything. And so even when I was making chumpas then, I was like, yo, yeah, I'm making chumpas, but I get to travel, all expenses paid. Right. I'm getting to see different places, experience different things, experience different food. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I traveled with that company over that six-year period. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for long stints, staying in different places. Like, it was mine. Yeah. It was it was really, it was really an, an eye-opening experience for me. And then to transition to the second company and be doing much the similar, <laughs> much of yeah. the similar thing, just different locations and so on. Like, that to me was worth more than the money because I feel like, You'll always make about the money, but the experience. And and to me, the point of exposure is important because the typical person that goes to work for, as I said, a bank or whatever the case is, what they see is if you are a junior accountant or, or a teller, you don't get to go on the company trips. You don't get to yes, do stuff like this. Yes, exactly. Uh, if you get a manager now, you can. Exactly. And so when... There, it's almost trained or instilled into us that the, hierarchy. the first five to ten years, your job is to stay in Jamaica or stay in Kingston. Yes. Maybe with your mind, you know, you can go to Ochi. <laughs> and if you get, become Ochi. a director, you can go to Florida. <laughs> and then when your counterpart is experiencing that from 
year one, your counterpart is being exposed to realize that that hierarchy, that thought process of you can only do these things at these particular pay grades or levels, that's not that's not reality. Yeah. And I think that when people are exposed to more, if they want to, they tend to try to experience more. But I have seen where you tell somebody who is that teller or who's a junior programmer, hey, you know, if you want, you could actually be traveling to Florida, the company's money. They're like, yeah, right. That's impossible. You see, the thing is, though, while it is possible, one thing my father always used to tell me, opportunity is a bald-headed man with one hair on his forehead. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and he's running really, really fast. <laughs> what does that mean? If you want him, you have to catch him yeah. by the one hair yeah. in the middle of his forehead. Yeah. yeah. Right? So people also have to do the work yeah. to be the people that these other companies are looking for. Yeah. So it's one thing to say, yo, junior programmers can go here. But if you're a junior programmer who doing sloppy code yeah. or, you know, like people can't find you and, you know, because yeah, yeah you get a certain amount of freedom, right? Like working from home for me was, has been a thing since I started working. Like Jamaican companies are now catching up for me. Right. I used to work from, I used to, I always had the option from work to work from home or to work from anywhere actually. And so you also have to put in the work to be the person that they want to take yeah. to these places and to expose to these things. Like you have to be good. I think that y your point is so valid. I think that it's that, you know, there's this meme that shows a rock above water and it says what people see, but people don't say all the work underneath the water. Yeah. And I think that what people don't realize is that what you see on Instagram or what you see on LinkedIn or what you see on the news or TV, that is the 0.01%. All the hard work is happening way behind the scenes. Yep. And you have to put in that work when everybody else is sleeping, distracted, not looking at you, so that when you get the opportunity, you have that validation. You have the experience. Yeah, because there are people who I worked with at, at these companies that didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. And that's because they had a, I mean, a really great opportunity. So this was the first time I was proper working. Everybody was on first name basis. My mind was like, what? Because, you know, I'm very... Good day, Mr. Reed. Like, that's that's so my so. experience. Every summer job I have was, yeah. you know, like that. And, you know, even my parents, when I, like, when I would tell them some of the things, they'd be like, yo, are you sure? Like, what's happening here? It's kind of <laughs> company. So, like, sketchy because yeah. that's not our local experience. Yeah. But if I also did not do the work to be the best that I could be, to be deserving of these opportunities, they wouldn't have given me some of these opportunities. Right? So, it's... It's yes, these companies give you opportunities, but you also have to prepare and be ready for these opportunities. No, you're going to work at a big bank, <laughs> right? I won't ask you which one you prefer, but I'll more ask you, was that experience jarring moving from an international company that is a bit more laid back, etc., to working for a traditional bank in Jamaica? So... It was not jarring because of the particular area within the bank that I was working in, okay. which was trying to mimic tech startups, yeah. which is what I was used to. So it was almost like, okay, you're trying to, you try to get a like, tech startup going in, in the middle of all of this traditionalness. Okay. So I can work in this tech startup within... The dinosaur, I could do that. Yeah. And so the experience for me was not as jarring. They were trying to be a fintech yeah. in the middle of this dinosaur. Yeah. Which is right up my alley. They were trying to be a, a tech startup in the middle of the dinosaur. And there was something to be said to not have to worry about all the the day to day of the you know, local locally based company. The bureaucracy. <laughs> It's not so much the bureaucracy, but like you became, you become people's like mother. You become, you're everything, you're HR, you're finance. You're like, oh, I mean, I can't tell you the number of time because remember too, 
when you're working in this sort of industry, you're getting some young people, sometimes yeah. right out of university. People who, they don't know how to manage their money. They don't know. They don't, you know, like, they need some guidance with life things. Not Isn't just that, that is, I understand that that is time consuming, but isn't, okay, I think the question I want to ask is, isn't there so much more fulfillment in being able to guide somebody along that journey oh, in life? Oh, definitely. Because I can tell you this, it's been, uh, what year are we in? <laughs> 2022. Next year makes 10 years since I left that first company. Yeah. There are people that I hired that still reach out to me today. And there are people who have never met me, but have heard about me. Nice. Because like the legacy, uh, and I'm not trying to be arrogant, but it's, you work with people, you grow people, you, you kind of support people that like you talk to them one ways. Especially in our culture where that is not, that's not traditional Jamaican culture. So for them to meet somebody who is an authority figure who they can have a real conversation with and who can give them like feedback and be like, yo, my youth, we are do X, Y, and Z. Or, yo, here are some things that I think you should think about. That for them, because they were just starting out, was really eye-opening for them. I think ultimately, and as I said earlier, it. I just realized what you would have gained through that experience. Helping other people is way more important than money, etc. Yes, we need money to survive, obviously. But what I've also realized is that the joy you get from helping somebody else, nothing can beat that. Yeah. The joy you get from somebody calling you and saying, thank you for this or thank you for that. Or something you said to me five years ago is what I'm doing now. Yeah. Nothing can beat that. It's true. Nothing can it's beat true. that. So, the place I work now, mm -hmm. the staff augmented some of the companies that I worked at Fair previously. Enough. Yes. And so there's one guy who was just like, he joined a call and he sent me on the call and he sent me a message and he was like, Mal, you know, I saw your name on the invite and I was wondering if it was really you, you know. I haven't seen you so long. You're all right. And, you know, like, really it's been so long since i've spoken to you and then there was another guy who joined and he was like i know your name and i was like well we've never really met and he's like you used to work at x mm -hmm. when i started working there all anybody ever talked about was mal this mal that malika this malika that and i was like wow like it it actually made me feel a little proud that yeah. <clears throat> having left all the, and i'm i'm talking about this year you know yeah so that's what I'm saying. It's almost 10 yeah. years since I've left that first company and that's still the feedback. And that happened to me at the second company as well because there was somebody who started there after I left and then later joined my company. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, you're the Malaika I was always hearing about. And I was like, wow. You know, it 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 feels good to, to impact people yeah. in that way. And it's not like a it's not a toot your own horn kind of way because that has never been my thing. My thing has always been quiet assistance, like just underlying support. Mm -hmm. You don't even know that I'm there. Yeah. Which I know now is the term servant leadership, but I didn't know what it was back correct, then. Correct, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? I didn't know what it was back then. It was just my natural inclination to help people to understand, you know, themselves and to also be like, be like the drape up that they need without being formal about it. So how, so one of the things that I struggle with is how I coin it, allowing someone to go on their journey. So I will see someone who is about to book their toe <laughs> and I will say, hey, I bought my toe. 10 times back in the day, here's what you can do to not buck your toe. And they are unwilling to take the advice. And by default, I may get upset. I may feel away. I'm like, but why would you listen to me? Why would you want to buck your toe? And I've had to learn that everybody has their own path. And sometimes they have to buck their toe because maybe that is how they will learn. One thing that, so I have that too. One thing I always remind myself I'm not the hero of the story. And uh, 
it, that was a hard one for me to realize and to learn. And it's something that I remind myself about when it is that I get frustrated with people not wanting to do what I'm suggesting. So I'm like, oh, Malika, you're not a hero of the story. Like, and I had to learn it because my natural inclination is to help. Yeah. It's to, I'm very solution oriented. So it's always like, I'm solving people's problems. Like that's, I'm a project manager by trade. That's what I do for a living, yeah. solve problems. And I had to realize that, hey, sometimes it's not every problem you need to solve. And sometimes people don't want you to solve their problems and they're annoyed by you trying to solve their problems. So yeah. you're not the hero of the story. Take yourself away. Yeah. And you can't take it personally. That's Correct. the other thing. Correct. You're not the hero and don't take it personally. I read that somewhere. I think not to take it personally. Don't take everything personally. Can't where. Maybe like the four agreements or one of those. Yeah. You know, you know me. I'm always reading. Yeah. But it was so poignant for me that those two things are on my fridge. Do not take anything personally, and you are not the hero of the story. Yeah. So that I can remember when I'm saying something to my mother, my mother don't want to listen to me. Eh. You're not the hero of the story. Yeah, and I think what's also important, which I'm not super there yet, but I'm getting there, is even though we're in this room right now having a conversation, you and I are having two totally different experiences. Yeah. And the reality is, is that if I give you advice, you have your 30 other years of life that you're dealing with. And so therefore, both of us being in the exact same room listen to the exact same thing on the radio are hearing two different things because your 30 odd years before is informing how you hear that thing and similar with me and i think that as you said when you're imparting advice suggestion to somebody else it's just that they Straight. don't have to listen they have their own experiences just like how you have your own experiences and as such you have to allow people to be them Another thing that another <clears throat> double step from that for that for me was also appreciating that you don't own any anything that involves another person, you don't own the story. And by that I mean they have a right to share as they see fit, take from it as they see fit, do with it as they see fit. And you can't control that. Yeah. And you're not supposed to control that. And you shouldn't try to control yeah. that. That took me a while to learn. And actually, so your viewers or your listeners, I should say, don't quite know how long we've known each other, right? <laughs> yeah. But that is one thing that you helped me learn right. a long time ago. Thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. But you know why. You know, I used to get really upset about things and I would call you and be like, Malika, Malika, Fair Malika. <laughs> and you would always give me some parable yeah. or some story to relate it to. And I'll be like, it, and it clicked. It clicked over the years. Yeah. And so I'm always very mindful of that. It's two children grew up in the same house, yeah. exact same parents, yep. completely different people. Completely different. Completely yeah. different people. Yeah. yeah. Everybody have their own path and you are not the hero of the story. Yeah. Like you are the hero of your own story, yeah. not anybody else's. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question, right? Having been at both a small local company that's international and a large national company, which one you would you encourage someone to start at? I would encourage you to start at the small international company. Okay. Why? Your exposure and experiences there can take you anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. When you get to when you get to talk to uh clients from you know who are expecting world-class world-class behavior world-class systems etc so let me just drop back a little bit when i first started working when it came to technology and the internet and the web and all those things jamaica was like five years behind the rest of the world yeah the company i was working for was a north american company so they were right on the cusp like bleeding edge yeah. it wasn't cutting edge it was bleeding yeah. edge technologies and so had i started to work at the national company at that time i would never know 
what some of these things that they're working on that, that people are working on and, and talking about are. I would I would have no clue because nationally and locally we just weren't there yet. Yeah. And so that exposed me to a different way of thinking, a different way of work. I, I mean, and this was even before getting into the work world. So to be fair, I never got a chance to be tainted by a traditional yeah. work work world yeah. because I started proper work in that environment and it, it carried it carried with me. So to this day, there are people I work with who do not feel comfortable calling people by their first name. Correct. It's like there's a there's a when you when you're exposed to that, you're not going back. You're not going back. So yeah, so one of the things that um I agree with is is yes, starting with the small international company. But another thing for me is it never said easier. Yeah, no, no, it's no. better. Yeah, better. Well, yeah. another thing for me is just being exposed to stuff outside of Jamaica. Yes, and I'm, and I'm not saying that. So hear me out. I'm not saying that bashing Jamaica. I would say the same thing to somebody from America that you should be exposed to a Jamaican. I think that I think that the more you're exposed to different people, different races, different nationalities. It, it broadens your view of the world. One you, you're, you're thousand to be Empathetic to people. So if you're in America and you always speak to Americans, you have one way of thinking. But if you're American, you speak to a Jamaican, it changes your view and opens you up. I had a very good friend. Um, I have a very good friend from Bulgaria um, who I met through um, a previous job. And him being exposed to me has helped him so much. Mm-hmm. Similar the other way around. And, you know, he literally said to me that I was the first black person he met. Because where he's from in Bulgaria, you know, black people. Yeah. That's fine. That's normal. And sometimes we we don't realize the benefit or the value of being exposed to more than your immediate circle. Part, I think part of that is we are told Jamaica, and this might sound like a blanket generalization, but Jamaica is a place of comfort. You're encouraged to stick to people that you know. Stick to places that you know. And so difference is not always embraced. Yeah. For me, I agree with you to an extent that you should try to get things that are outside of your purview or outside of what you can always get. So, for example, a national company will always be there. Yeah. But... This company may not always be there. Yeah. And you're very right about the differences. So when I first, you know, started to travel for them, the the people that I worked with had never interacted with a black person before. Yeah. And they used to touch my hair and they used to touch my skin. Yeah. And they used to, you know, ask me like, yo, so like when you get a cut, what happens? Mm-hmm. And these were legitimate questions. Yeah. They weren't being rude. They and they weren't being rude. They were just being curious. Yeah. Like at the time, the darkest person that they had interacted with was an Indian person because right. Indians were very common in yeah. that part of right. the world. And I remember one day just like hanging out with a group of them and they were just like, hey, so like you're skin, you're here. Like what do you need to do? Because of course, you know, like uh, being there for like a month or so right. was just like, okay, where can I get a hairdresser? Can you know? Yeah. And they were like, why need a hairdresser? Like, I'll do it for you. And I'm like, oh no. You don't know enough about black hair yeah. to do that. And they were like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, you see this part straight, but he'll look at the roots and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, whole different thing. Whole different thing. And that I could appreciate, and again, because of my upbringing, I could appreciate that they, that this was new for them and it yeah. was not racially motivated. Correct. It yeah. was just curiosity. And... So, again, I would completely recommend that person start with these companies. Yeah. Like, you're going to be exposed to things that Jamaica, at the time, wasn't doing. Like, Jamaica is kind of now catching up, you know, and I know that some of these companies are, are looking into some of these things, but we're not as far. Here's what I say. I, I wouldn't say we're catching up. And let me tell you why I say that. Just for the working world scenario, Jamaican companies still put out jobs in the paper, the <laughs> resume, etc. Yeah, you're I right. I have applied to a few international companies in the past two or three months. They don't ask you for your resume. They ask you for your LinkedIn profile. That's it. You see, 
it okay. That's a catch twenty two though. Because as a people and a nation, we're not there yet. So a company there are companies that completely try to recruit solely online. But then they're going to be out on some really good candidates because as a nation we're just not there yet. Fair. So there yeah. you have to you have to do a mix. Yeah. You have to do a mix. Even even the companies even the companies that I used to work for, when they are recruiting, they recruit both online and in the newspaper. Bec- yeah. And they only do that here because right. they understand that when graduates are leaving school, they're not all looking online. Even though they are supposed to be digital natives, they're not all looking online. They don't have a LinkedIn profile in some instances. They're going to try the traditional newspaper first and foremost. Before they get there. And I think that, so you're totally right. And I think that that is a, that's an issue with the academic system. Mm-hmm. Because as the teachers, as the courses in there are still probably teaching resume writing courses, etc. Versus saying, here's how you create a LinkedIn profile. And though the thought that you need a, a laptop or a computer to do it is also false. You can take the exact same phone that you're WhatsApping or Instagramming on. <laughs> Go to a, a, a open hotspot and create your LinkedIn profile right there. And I, yes, we will have a socioeconomic issue here, one hundred percent. But I also do believe that the training methodologies have not changed. And so, even though somebody may have full access to technology, etc., in school they're still being taught the old way of approaching the situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that academically, we need to. I don't think academics in Jamaica has caught up to the world yet. And therefore, we're still pushing out into the world persons based on our 1980s way of doing business. I I would agree with you on that. Yeah. But how do you, but how do you get, how do you get them on board? The academics. That's an amazing question. How do you get our education system on board? Because to me, our education system needs to start becoming digital first. Yeah. So, but when you, if you're not going to start digital first, like how, you need the basics. Yeah. No, no question about it. But you need a mixed approach, which I find that our teachers, like, and it feels like a cycle because it's like, teachers are, schools are not well equipped. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, Some schools don't have internet. Or running water. You don't even get me started on that. You know how I feel about yeah. that. But it's it, it the cycle continues because it's like you want them to become digital, but we're not putting the resources in place to enable that. And so therefore we can't. Yeah. And then as a society, we're not a digital society. At all. Not so right. I mean I know that financial institutions that have gone digital and then have had to rescind pieces of it because the population is just not having yeah. it. I think overall, and it's not a simple question or a simple answer to our question. I think overall, there needs to be a genuine plan by not just the government, but also a private sector to get certain communities that, again, don't even have running water those basic things first. Let us start to... It's hard for someone to want internet if they can't wash their hands. Yeah. You know, and so I think that overall... Boy. We need to, we need to level everybody up to a, a playing field first. Yeah. You, you know how I feel about yeah. this. But we also know, and it looks like you want us to be here all night, <laughs> because you know that the politics... It's crazy. ...is plays a big role crazy, in that crazy and how you like how you keep a society down and keep them compliant yep and yes, complacent yes, with what yes, you want yes is by hiding you know some of these things yeah behind all of this bureaucracy and politics and so the cycle it feels like a, a never-ending cycle and those of us who can who 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 the cycle have been broken for? Yeah, yeah because there correct, are correct. there are people our age who the cycle has not been broken yeah, for. Yeah, 
So for those of us who, and I mean, these cycles are not that old, you know. These these cycles are are a generation ago, which yeah. is not that old. No, it's not at all. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's not it's that fresh. old. It's still, fresh. it's still very fresh. Yeah. And so it's how, like, how do we get like that political side off? How do you get people comfortable? Like people don't trust technology as well. Correct. Right. So. No matter how much you try to become a, make them a digital native, and especially with all the spamming, the smishing, and all these things it that are happening now, it makes it worse. It makes it worse. And it makes them less likely. And what's interesting is I think there was a study that was done recently, and the people that are most reluctant to use technology now are actually the young people, are actually the 18 to, really? I think, 25, yeah. In Jamaica? In Jamaica. Uh, As in reluctant to use digital solutions. Got you. Got you. Not to use social media and so on. Exactly. But to use like complete digital solutions. Heavy reluctance in that age group. If you could say one thing or give two pieces of advice to 20-year-old Malaika, 30-year-old Malaika, what would you tell that version of yourself? Hey, I'm still 30-year-old. You're still 30. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. The twenty-year-old Malika, I would say, all the things that you did not want to do, do them. All the things you're scared to do, yeah. do them. Yeah. The thirty-year-old Malika, who is still me, right now. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I would still say, all the things that scared you, do them. I would say, you will always make back the money. I would say, buy Amazon stock. <laughs> if you had a time machine right yeah um but i would also say like trust yourself more it took a while to get to the point where i trusted myself with certain things and now i mean i'm actually in a new completely new role and if i'm going to be very honest i'm suffering from a little imposter syndrome time and time again within this new role and then there's something that happens there it's like oh okay i actually did it It, this was actually pretty awesome um and then a cycle back to oh what am i doing what am (laughs) i doing here how did i get here what 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 are what are these life choices that i've made yeah um so i would just say like your path has been i've always been grateful for my path and I would just say, like, just trust yourself more and just, like, own it. Trust it and own it. You fake it till you make it sometimes. So, like, you may not feel so confident with something, but just, like, just own it. Fake it till you make it, because the only way through is through. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you want to dive into a similar What Next episode, Check out the links in the podcast description or head to the whatnextpodcast.com. And remember, make it your mission to make somebody else's day better.